Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. December 9th. Where's Otani going? I don't know. It don't matter. Uh, Keith McPherson on the fan. Football Friday's over, but I, I still have more to add to my whole Texans and Jets thing. But yeah, someone in the chat was like, uh, you know, inmates running the asylum's not racist. And it's a regular expression. I'm like, yeah, that's what Bob McNair said. And then I went back to the article. He didn't say the, the asylum. This was back when, uh, you know, players were taking a knee. And he said the inmate we can't have the inmates running the prison in regards to black players taking a knee. And like I said, I'm not trying to take the show there, but you know, I never shy away from the racism. The racism never shied away from me. You know what I'm saying? Like I never shied away from, you know, that type of stuff. Like it needs to be talked about. We're talking about the type of stuff that went on in the Texans organization that they overcame. We're talking about the type of things that they dealt with that were terrible from Bob McNair, rest in peace to him, during the whole Colin Kaepernick kneeling thing, referring to black players taking a knee and saying, we can't have the inmates running the prison. He got a lot of back backlash from that. Just Google it yourself if you don't remember that. And then his son doubled down during COVID talking about, oh, wish we could have got together sooner if it wasn't for the China virus. Like, that's not great. That's not, that's not good. These are owners. These are billionaires. They own the NFL franchises. But... Um, let's continue. The other things I had in my notes, the Texans have signed former jet safety, Adrian Amos to their 53 man roster, more jets, Texans crossover, Zach Rosenblatt. My guy reports former jet Blake Cashman is having a great year for the Texans graded the third best linebacker overall by PFF missed tackle percentage is 7% low 11th among among. 11 amongst linebackers with at least 50 tackles, nine tackles for loss, five QB hits, two sacks, five pass deflections, allowing 69% completions and coverage, six best um, among linebackers. So there is some co- some crossover there with even players on the roster. Dalton Schultz is not going to play. That's their tight end that they signed from Dallas. Dallas tagged him, and then they let him go. Um, I think you're going to see... 
Uh, Dalton Schultz out. I forget who their backup Titan is. Uh, Bevan Jordan? But for the most part, this is going to be a game in the rain. This is going to be a game in the elements, in, in the cold, in wet MetLife Stadium. And that's why I think they give the Jets somewhat of a chance. Now, I saw something else that made me laugh. My guy Antoine Staley, who I've had on the fan, put out Jets running back Dalvin Cook on possibly receiving more carries versus the Texans. He said, I'm ready to play ball. Bruh. <laughs> now you're ready to play ball? Come, Dalvin. Dalvin. Now you're ready to play ball? All the hype with you coming to join Aaron Rodgers. It's week 14. Now you're ready to play ball? I wouldn't even give him the ball. It's the Zach Wilson show. And there's a lot of people talking about Zach Wilson playing pick, pissed off. I don't think that matters. And I, I don't think he should play pissed off. He needs to think. Or maybe he doesn't need to think. I don't know at this point. It doesn't matter. There's people saying that this is his last chance. There's, there, there's people saying that um, this is, you know, he's got to put good film out there for the next place he's, he goes. And there's people saying that if he plays well, the Jets would bring him back. Uh, who knows, man? It's, it's the song that doesn't end. We'll see. We'll see. 877-337-6666 if you want to talk Jets, Texans, but, you know, hot stove. The stove is kind of on December 9th. We don't know where Otani is. They were literally tracking flights. Flight N, N616RH is on a T-shirt. Shout out to the guys at Rotoware because that flight left Santa Ana, California, heading to Toronto, and people were saying, oh, my God, it's Otani. It's so dumb. What we've turned this whole Otani watch into, it's so dumb that, like, he wants to be secretive. He wants to be private. But the baseball world is trying to force him to be LeBron James with the decision, and he's not going for it. I hope Otani takes his sweet time. You know what it reminds me of, honestly? It's like baseball knows that they messed up with Mike Trout, right? They know how much they messed up with Mike Trout and marketing him as a star and not doing that, right? And yeah. that's why they want to take full full advantage of Shohei Otani because they know they messed up a trout. But see, I, I talked about this the other night that baseball has had this problem. Like even the project that I was a part of, the MLB Fan Cave in 2014, the whole crux of that, the whole mission of that was to find young people that make internet content that are baseball fans that they could put in New York in one place and watch all 2,430 regular season baseball games and cover them. And we wrote blogs about them and we made, you know, and they didn't even do that right with us because they're, tr they were trying to get like younger people into baseball on the internet. And they were trying to market their players and make baseball cool again back then. Now I think baseball is cool. I think baseball is back. I think baseball is in a great place. This thing doesn't help with there not being like a free agent frenzy and a deadline to sign and be with your right. team. Right. And then also with Otani, English is a second language. I don't even think the guy speaks English. There's a there's a language barrier there. I don't think that stops him from being the face of baseball, the biggest thing in baseball, but it does stop him from reaching the way that, like, you know, a, a Mike Trout could, reaching everyone the way that a Mike Trout could, and he doesn't want it. These guys want to play baseball, and they want to be left alone. You know, it's like it's almost it's becoming like like hockey players are now trying to become more outwardly and stuff. And again, I'm a you can make hockey, more money. You but, build your brand. Yeah. You, like it, it helps you off the ice, off right. the field. And hockey players, and you know this, I started to get into hockey. They are much more of a put your head down, 
We're for the team. We don't need any headlines or whatever. We do our job. We win on the ice, and that's it. We'll give you vanilla answers in the locker room on post-game stuff. It's uh, how'd you skate tonight? Skated well, skated up and up and down the ice. We checked well. We forechecked well. That's it. And, and it's nothing, and it's boring, and they're starting to try to get out of that shell. A little bit they're starting, and even with Connor McDavid, who's like the best player right now in the world for hockey. He plays in Edmonton. He's trying to get out there. He's trying to do You, to do you have things. to. You have to. I also talk a lot about how before I got to the radio, I worked in social media digital marketing. And when I first entered the digital media space, uh, social media, they thought it was a fad. They thought it was something that was going to go away. They didn't realize it would be the number one marketing tool, not print. You know, not not magazines and newspapers, not billboards, not commercials on TV. Now it's like influencer marketing. Now it's social media. They didn't think that was the case 10 years ago when I, you know, worked at MTV. It was like, oh, yeah, just just post to, to post. Just we, we just need to have it. It's like almost like we need to have some kind of storefront. But even back then, dot coms were bigger. Now you don't need a dot com. Now people are what's your at? What's your Instagram handle? What's yep. your TikTok handle? What's yep, your Twitter? It. That's it. That's and all. all of these players literally need it. All of these teams have it. It all works in concert. It should, it should be. And I, I do wonder. I wonder if it's collectively bargained that each Major League Baseball player has to have some sort of presence on Instagram, on TikTok, on X. Like, they, they, they have to do that at one point because that's how you grow it, right? If everyone's talking about growing the game. Getting man, younger. Getting younger. And we're talking about baseball here, right? Putting baseball where the younger people are all and, the time. And even what, and even one of your guests where I was here that night, Cameron Maben, what he said is reaching even the smaller demographics and the tougher demographics, whether that's African-American, Asian, Latino, or everybody that His even son. lives in the United States. They're just focusing on that market. Cameron Maben's son has like 75,000 TikTok followers. He's committed to Duke to play ba- uh, to play baseball. Uh, he's a young black kid with, with dreads that just like has swag and energy about him. And there's young black kids that would have never known about him if they weren't on TikTok as a 13-year-old with a phone, now they're looking at him and they want to play baseball. Of course. It grows the game. It, it, the, it, the internet is crazy. The internet is wild how many like tentacles have grown for everything. And that's what you want. Even with me, bro. Like, I'm on TikTok right now. And like for WFAN, you know, we have a good social digital team, but they're not working right now. I'm working right now. We're on the radio. You every time I go on air, I post a link. So I'm promoting the Odyssey app. Every time I go live, I think I even said the other night, I went, I was like, oh, give me a second. I'm posting a link. I put it on my Twitter, my Instagram, my TikTok. I know how this all works. Mm-hmm. Right. No, it, you're growing the game is key. And again, when it comes to baseball, it's not like, it's not that expensive compared to other sports. Like if you're a hockey parent, that costs so much money. The equipment, yeah. traveling to hockey rinks at 3.30 in the morning to get there for a 6 a.m. Most people drop, can't do it. That's crazy. That's absurd how much money hockey is, and hockey's trying to lower the prices of equipment and trying to get it more around to other people, right? They're trying to do that, but it's nowhere near as open and as, as baseball and as Little League is. It's nowhere close. My guy, Ross in Bergen County, back on the fan. He's not grounded anymore. Uh, kids, yeah, it ain't good right now, man. How you been? <laughs> I'm good. What do you mean it ain't good right now? With your parents or with your baseball well, team? No, I'm just well. You talk about the sports front. You you name the sport. You know, we said last well, a couple callers ago. The guy was a White Sox fan, but he was he talking about another sport. You know, he had a saving grace. You look around my map. I got the Rangers right now. They just got killed. You saw Tarasenko uh, revenge game. You know, the Mets. You get get into it in a second. Obviously, Minnesota. You know, they're a story for another day. They got the Raiders to take care of. 
you know, I, you know, I see this whole, uh, you know, breakout on Twitter all of a sudden. I'm thinking, you know, I don't know who's, uh, you know, more wanted. You, you know, with the Mets faithful or John Morosi in Canada right now. <laughs> you guys are kind of neck and neck with this race. Or you see Morosi had to put out an apology. Some, it's unbelievable, man, what this uh, offseason has become. Uh, uh, let's speak on that, right? That, that also goes into this social media digital age. John Morosi, shout out to John. John follows me on Twitter. We've connected through being on MLB Network. John is a baseball lifer, reporter, respected but these guys want to race to Twitter to be the first one to break a story. And I don't understand why you would risk being wrong and actually, like, damaging your reputation. Well, uh, I, it just, I don't know. John Heyman did it last Knight year. Whole reputa- well, yeah, and that was funny with the John Boy. You saw me, you know, crap rolling down his leg afterward. They, John Boy had the film because at winter meetings, the guy wouldn't even move a muscle. <laughs> he was so embarrassed. And you look, I know you always talk on Nightingale so much so, I think you said you blogged him or something. That guy's made a reputation out of being wrong. I remember, like, you know, back when I first got to Twitter, I was, you know, in a different MLB Twitter group. And one of our, you know, kind of inside jokes was Nightingale would tweet something out. So let's say, I don't know, Chris Bryant talking to the Yankees. And, like, we'd run to the replies and say, Chris Bryant talking with Red Sox confirmed or something. Right. Just, the you know, opposite. Always, Don't believe anything thing, he yeah. says. Chris Bryant comes to mind because I remember, in fact, he broke the news that Chris Bryant was traded to the Yankees when he got traded to the Giants because there was a at Jeff Pass and underscore account with eight followers. That That's another thing. These fake accounts. You don't know who Listen, to believe man, I'll anymore. First hand experience. I, I, you know, when I first got on Twitter, I was, I was one of those still. I'll tell you from first hand experience, I lost like 10 accounts. It would be so easy, man, to make those accounts up and people fall for them right away. So it was the funniest thing. Now, looking back, you know. It's, you know, you look at it from a different perspective, but it's just like it's just so easy to, to make BS up. Look at uh, Ball Sack Sports, Butt Crack Sports, that whole, you know. Yeah, they line. have look gotten it. our host here at WFAN. Sports, Stephen A. Smith show. I mean, you know, they make a, they made a name for himself. I remember Daryl Moore even quoted him way back when on the news or something. It's just so easy to, you know, I even I made this comparison on uh, Lou Gower's show once. I said, Twitter, well, Twitter's always been accessible, but specifically now, you know, you can't put out a tweet without either getting a reply from a crypto bot or a porn bot. I said <laughs> Twitter getting bought by Elon Musk is like the Mets getting bought by Steve Cohen. It proves just because you have crap wow. loads of money doesn't mean you know how to spend it. Yeah. Because it's the same product no matter what. Well, have you, you say, improved what you, have you, improved what you purchased? Right. I, You know, I know Elon Musk is putting Jeeps on Mars right now, but I can't tell you, uh, you know, I go on my... I reload my notifications, and my last five tweets are all liked by some bot named Evelyn with five different profile pictures. <laughs> and I, you know what I mean? Yeah, she's so single, I, looking to what? mangle, and click on this yeah, link so, to her so OnlyFans. And with the, yep, with the, you know, the same four emojis, the eye emoji, the peach emoji, you know the whole deal. And it's just nonstop, and that's what this app's become. You know, it went from a little blue birdie to now it's just a white X. It, it's unbelievable. It's what the world we live in. And now you look at, you know what, you look at Lawrence Soto, what a freaking disgrace, man. You know, and I see some Met fans' logic. I don't, I, don't, I just don't feel like getting into the argument anymore. You know, I'll just tweet out like an occasional. Like one I saw, you know, Steve Cohen with the, the Biggie Smalls crown on or something. I just quote tweeted I said, Jesus effing Christ. Because I don't feel like arguing anymore, man. Because, you know, one of the arguments I see, is some people say, well, you know, the Mets, if the Mets were a Juan Soto away from contending, then you can make the argument that, you know, they should have went out and got him. And, and you know, a couple of days ago, I mentioned the fact that you look like a, look at a national team in 2018, right? They spent years and years being perennial contenders, 
they were they were basically the I wouldn't say they were the Braves and now the Braves are dominant, but the Nats were basically the odds on favorite for a five year stretch to always win the NL East before the season began. And for you know, mostly every year they did. And now kind of like what the Dodgers are now, they were usually always a one and done in the postseason, but they always got there. They always won the division. Twenty eighteen they missed out. Right after that, Bryce Harper walks and you're looking at that franchise, you're saying, All right, you know, now you said the the to the things are kinda of starting to turn around for him. They're going to kind of be on the deep end for a couple years now, kind of retouring. And comes Juan Soto in year two, and you talk about a team that was on its way out being a Juan Soto away from not only contending, yep. but contending for that World Series that they never got. Bryce Harper Bryce called Harper, it. Was Remember when Bryce Harper was at spring right? training and he had that press conference with the Phillies and he forgot that he was with yeah. the Phillies and not the the Nationals, and he said something about like bringing a World Series back to Washington, something along those lines. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. they made way for Juan Soto. Soto. Remember, they were 19-31 and 31 to start that season. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. You look at the uh, Braves are kind of similar too. Yeah, dude, David Martinez. That was that was David Martinez, right? That wasn't uh, Dutchie Baker. That was Martinez. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it wasn't Martinez. Yeah, and they were. They, yeah, he was like early on in that tenure because Dutchie Baker was just on the way out. He was the skipper for all those one and done runs when they were winning the NL East. You know, it was like a four or five year stretch every year. They were a surefire thing to win that division, and they they just make nothing out of it. And then 2019, they barely snuck in. Ironically. Juan Soto with the go-ahead hit, the error by Trent Grisham, and now they, you know, spent back-to-back teams were part of the same trade to the Yankees. Mm. That was kind of what kickstarted that run because they almost lost to the Brewers. And ironically, Josh Hader was on the mound for that, and all three of them were were all connected. So you see, the universe never unconnects. Talk about Texans, Jets. Look at that. And uh, so now you look at you know Juan Soto, and I and the one way I always talk about, as I say, he's the age of a prospect with the resume of a Hall of Famer. You want to talk about, you know, prospects talking and all that. You say prospects for suspects. I think Rose Beyond the Glass says they're like the lottery tickets or something. Ever which way you want to say it. You look at a guy like Brett Beatty that went from hitting a homer in his first at-bat. Oh, my God, this guy's the next David Wright. To now the bit, his best clip of the season was a, a pop-up to third base on national television hitting him in the right cheek. And that's what, you know, that's what we look at his season as. Look at Mark Vientos. I can, you know, aside from that homer against Tampa, that guy was gone in the way. Francisco Alvarez, I know he's kind of the saving grace of the four, but a, a, a surefire power hitter goes an entire month without a home run. Kind of shows shades of post-rookie of the year caliber Gary Sanchez to me, but I'm not going to get too hard on him. Ronnie Mauricio looked good for like two weeks. But these prospects, man, the Mets, are, you know, you're not looking at a Braves team that you see like a guy like Spencer Strider has a Cy Young caliber, you know, rookie season, and they lock him up for eight years, you know, getting, you know, crim- criminal uh, totals of money that's criminally underpaid. That's kind of the Anthopolis way. They signed with Michael Harris. I remember he was getting so much hate. Um, you know, they're good. Money Mike on, on Twitter. You know, what do you do taking that, that much of, you know, a, a pay cut or something, signing that early on in your career so long term? And he said it's best for the team. But just overall, man, you look at the way they develop prospects. Other teams around the league, I saw, I don't know if you know that guy on Twitter, Jay Kuda. He puts out, like, all the miscellaneous stats. And I don't know the exact number, but they've had the least amount of, something along the lines of the least amount of, First round picks to play in the MLB in the last ten years, I um, or maybe since like Ross. some sample size, it's them or they're in last place in the A's. Ross, I let you run. You're the man. You know I always give you your time. Ross is an, an up and coming. I'll see if I can find it. An up and coming guy. He, he does a podcast. He goes to. I, I think last time I said you went to uh, Bergen Catholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was just I wanted to make sure. <laughs> He's I a Don Bosco kid. I did his podcast. Yeah, he loves WFAN. And um, you see Bosco with Tommy DeVito, and now it's, uh, Dylan Harper. We've been of in the course, Ross. Before I let you go, 
Do the Mets yeah. get Yamamoto in the next two weeks or no? Is he going to be getting a minor league deal? <laughs> God, not... let this guy go. <laughs> okay, see? So, like, it, sometimes the message sounds better when someone else says it. Ross is a Mets fan. Like, that's a joke right there. If I make that joke, <laughs> people are all on my Twitter. Oh, this guy hates the Mets. Why are you always talking about the Mets? They live rent free. But I'm just saying the truth. The same thing that a Mets fan like Ross just said. 877-337-6666. Let's take some more calls. Let's see what Matt in Waterford, New York, has to say. He's been waiting, I think, as long as Ross has. Matt? Okay, Matt is not there. Let's keep it rolling. Richie in Hartsdale on the fan in New York. Hey, Keith. How you doing? I'm good. Holding it down, man. Thanks for calling. I just I have a couple of points I want to make. I'm going to, just, I'm going to go in like many different areas. First with Otani. You know, I don't think anybody really cares about Otani right now, especially on this side of the coast. You know, this is a guy who is second Tommy John. You got to wait a year. You got you know, $50 million. You know, like, we don't care about him. So, you know, he, everybody likes to proclaim he is the best player, but, no, you know, not really. He's injury-prone. Richie, the the, Richie, the hold Mets, on. The Mets hold on, hold that, on, hold no, on. No, you let hold me on. Let me, Richie, the Mets fans were saying that no one would outbid King Cohen for him. Did you not see all of the chaos that happened today with John Morosi reporting that he was on his way to Toronto. You might feel like that, but you can't say this side of the whatever. That's not true. Let's bring Richie back in. Keith, Keith, is it smart, Keith, to um, give this guy the money when he's basically, you're gonna? it's almost like the Durant situation when he had to basically pay him for a lost year. He's the biggest thing in baseball. He's a global presence. He brings in extra money that no other baseball player can. I want him to sign with the Blue Jays as a Yankees fan. We'll see. We don't know the future. All right. Another thing now. Okay. And and I don't like to go in this direction, but, you know, LeBron is one of my favorite players of all time. Okay. I love LeBron. You know, I Magic was my favorite of all time. I know Michael's the best, but Magic was my favorite. LeBron is right up there. But... You know, I think what bothers me about LeBron recently is he, you know, he he tends to think that his voice is more powerful. And, you know, I want I want to know your feelings about his comments the other day when he spoke up about the UNLV shooting. Yeah. So to be completely honest with you, I did not listen to exactly what he said. I know Mm -hmm. that he feels like he has to speak on everything that goes on in America as like King James, as he refers to himself. I didn't hear what he said, so I can't comment on it. And it was something that I saw in my timeline that I did not want to hear. I do not care. LeBron James, and like, I hate that. Like, they literally told LeBron James, shut up and dribble. But it's like, LeBron, you're not a politician. You're not the president. You can't do anything to affect it. I, I get it that you're using your platform, but you don't have to speak out on every single thing that happens you you're not doing anything either by talking about it like you're not physically changing anything by talking about it in a post game for the nba in-season tournament i did not hear exactly what he said but it was something that i did not care to hear you know what's funny is i actually agree with what you just said i thought you would take a different approach and i do think that he shouldn't speak on everything because you know there's other you know if you're gonna speak on something so drastic and tragic like that then speak on it 
it, with all aspects of it. And be Regardless educated of, on it. Be completely educated it. on it be before you bring it to that platform. LeBron has the biggest platform in the NBA and, and really all the sports. So I think it's just one of those things. Like I said, LeBron has has had a run of speaking on social events, uh, current events, um, things that have happened in the United States. But it's like, Bron, Bron. That, like, it doesn't have to be every single thing. I understand you speaking up for black people. I understand you speaking up for that type of stuff. But it's like, okay, now with the gun violence, because it's it's now starting to look like a trend. Like, remember when Steve Kerr yeah. came out and was like, you know, I've had enough of it. So, but you guys can't actually do the things to change the laws or to make a change. You're just still going to go out there and hoop in the in-season tournament tomorrow night and go about your millionaire, rich life, billionaire LeBron. And, like, what are you actually doing to create change with the gun laws and the other stuff. I did not hear what he said, but I, like that's what I'm saying. I chose not to listen to it because I'm like, I don't need to hear LeBron talk about this this shooting. And when I saw the shooting, of course, I was sick to my stomach. I, I, I hate yeah. that since I was in high school, you know, younger. When I was in elementary school, like Columbine has happened. And it's like this thing has happened in our country over and over and over again. And like LeBron James talking about it to the reporters that cover the Lakers, that, that's not changing anything. One more, couple more things. You know what? Is there any chance that, um, and I agree with you 100%. I think sometimes the athletes and, and, and famous people just, I don't, I think sometimes they say things publicly, but they don't think about that privately the same way. They just do it, whatever. But any chance, like, the, you know, the obviously deceased, you know, owner wants McNair, any chance, like, you know, it was the, like, you know, the figure, the way he said it, it wasn't, you know, it was more like, you know, the image running asylum. He didn't mean it the way he said it. Like, you know what I he mean? Said, like, he said, that, he said prison. I said asylum, but the quote know, was the but prison. you know what I mean. I mean, he really meant, and you know, you know, that's what I mean. I don't know like, what he sometimes, meant. Sometimes, like, we abuse these people where, like, it's like, we all know the figure of speech, the image running asylum. It has nothing to you, do you gotta with think that. Of the, like, you gotta think of the context in which he used it. I know, it. I know, but, you know, like, we don't gotta take it far where, like, he meant it was racial. That's my point. But people did, and that was a sensitive time. Thank you for the call, Reggie. It was just a sensitive time. A, a owner of an NFL team saying that we can't have the inmates running the prison. The inmates aren't trying to run the prison by taking a knee and taking a stand. And then, like, fast forward to 2020. What happened? Roger Goodell ended up siding with the players and then all. Was like, you know what I'm saying? So um, at the time, he apologized for it, but it, it didn't come off the right way because of the context and how he used it as an owner of an NFL team full of black men saying that we can't have the inmates running the prison. What do you mean by that? And they're not trying to run the prison. They're using their platform to take a stand, which later on the, the NFL sided with them. And then you literally saw the NFL put end racism in the end zone. Like that's something that can actually happen. Keith McPherson on the fan. 877-337. A six to six and two more sixes. I think I got 90 minutes left. Call me up. Join the show. We'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. 
Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. behind the glass now paulie's out so you won't hear anybody blabbering over my i'm just kidding paul i know paul's probably in his car like what come on keith <laughs> call the number you know the number to dial 877-337-6666 we still have uh, about an hour and some change to take calls talk sports we're talking about otani of course i don't think there's any baseball fans not aware of the fact that John Morosi put out there that Shohei Otani was heading to Toronto tonight, and he actually is still in California. And it's just crazy because Otani's initial request was to keep everything under wraps. His initial request was for this to be quiet, secretive, so much so that he said, if you leak something, if you say something, you're out. We saw the winter meetings happen. Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, got in an interview, started running his mouth a little too much, thought he was good, thought he was safe, thought he was fine. He said, yeah, we, we met with Otani for about three hours. And that made Dodgers fans and even the Dodgers front office say, what are you doing? What are you doing? That might mess up our chances. I think that Otani might not want to go to the Dodgers for one reason. He chose the Angels. And look, SportsCenter's starting right now, and they just led with the image of Otani. That's great for baseball. They don't do that. There are no stories that they lead with in baseball. Even Aaron Judge, 62, World Series, whatever. That's, this is all good for baseball. Even though Otani is kind of you know dragging his feet, it's good for baseball, but back to Otani in LA. Him coming out of Anaheim, you know, that's that's the place he chose. That's the place he started his career, and he's probably got a soft spot in his heart for those Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim fans and some people in that organization. And he knows it would absolutely crush those fans and some of those people if he went to their crosstown rivals and signed a big contract to become a Dodger. I think it's still a possibility, but I think that like with with Otani being of Japanese discipline and the way that he moves and carries himself, I just think like he wants to start completely fresh. And he he I, I thought there was something along the lines of like him wanting to stay in his own house, but he's so rich he can have a mansion like Drake's in Toronto. Like this guy just might not want to absolutely step on the souls of Anaheim Angels fans by going to the Dodgers, who are their, you know, in-town rivals, cross-town rivals. There, there's something to be said about that, right? Because aren't we talking a lot about how, like, Juan Soto is going to leave the Yankees and just take the biggest contract across town in Queens? And I know Juan Soto didn't choose the Yankees, but his daddy did. And I know Juan Soto didn't come over and play uh, five, six seasons with the Yankees, but there's something to be said about the whole crosstown rival thing if 
Soto goes out there and is beloved by Yankees as he will be and has a great season no matter whether the Yankees come up short of the World Series or not, there's something to be said. Steve Cohen didn't even bid on Aaron Judge. Why? Because there was no point in doing that. Judge was never, ever, ever going to go to Queens and put on a 99 jersey and blue and orange. It just is what it is, folks. Like, I understand the, the truth is abrasive. It hurts. I understand coming from me, you don't want to hear it. But, but like, somebody's got to deliver the message. I'll be the bad guy. I'll be the bad guy. I got no problem doing it. 877-337-6666. Josh in the Bronx. Hello. Hey, I couldn't hold up, man. I had to call you back. Listen, you're spot on everything. Can we go in the 2020, you know, 2024 and enjoy what's going to happen? Yeah. Everything. Yeah, let's just get there. Let's get to spring training. I just booked a flight to uh, spring training. I'll see you all there the last week of spring training. George M. Steinbrenner Field. I'm, I'm telling you, you really pushed the needle on Hal and Brian, and the, and they got it done. I was screaming all yeah. last season, all off season. I was screaming on this microphone. Right. Exactly, I I heard it, man, bro. You're right. You know the Yankees. The Yankees. You know, I'll give the Mets their due. They'll they'll get something, man. But I'm telling you, the Yankees. They're they're going to be hungry now. They want to they want to they want to prove en- enough everything. is enough. They're tired yeah. of being disrespected. They're tired of the Thank fans booing. Thank you for booing. taking my call. You know my drift. Thank you, Josh, in the Bronx, where the Yankees play. They got tired of it. How how Steinbrenner's at the front of this, bros? How Steinbrenner was at the front of making sure Aaron Judge didn't leave, and he also was at the front of saying, "Go get Juan Soto. Do what you got to do, Brian." When they had this meeting, like, remember, we're not even talking about the Yankees audit anymore, folks. (laughs) Remember they had the meeting where Hal said, yeah, everybody check your ego at the door. I think that actually happened. And I think Hal Steinbrenner, at the age he is of 54, looking at the last 15 years, when he was under 40, just under 40, the last time the Yankees won a World Series, wanting a World Series of his own, understanding his own business model, what his shareholders want, what his season ticket holders need, what the bleacher creatures are dying for, said, okay, I get it. You know what, Brian, Michael Fishman, you guys tried to go find these Luke Voigt's, Gio Urshela's, Mike Talkman's of the world, IKF deal, and you passed on uh, all of these generational talents. You know, my dad believed that the best players should Play in the Bronx that this should be the mecca of baseball now we have the best hitter in the game in Aaron Judge we have the best pitcher in the game in Garrett Cole add some more to them it's time to get back the evil empire is back now I'm not saying they're going to win the World Series and I think there's a lot of people that like got on my Twitter and said that today oh you think they're going to win the World Series you think one player improves that team that much no I, I never said that but the feeling is back that we've had so many times they've done this before but like I don't think they've ever traded for a Juan Soto type and like like the feeling is back and that one move is all the Yankees had to do for people to pick up the phone and say yeah opening day yeah I want a 20 game plan I want an 80 game plan I want it you know I want a full season plan and now like I said uh, making plans I I told my wife yeah run it um I had my meeting with Spike today I I still haven't called John but, like, I started thinking about, when, you know, two years ago, before I had my baby, I went down and I joined John and Susan on the broadcast. And I just lined it up when I think, 
John and Susan will be down at spring training, taking a wild guess, and I book my flight. I'm going. I'm down there with the baby and my wife. We're back on. Now, would Yankee fans be moving like that and doing something like that if you were just pitching them Alex Verdugo this week? No. But you get Juan Soto. The paper's printed up. I, I've got like five copies of the you know New York Post Daily News. It's a good time. It's a good feeling. But I understand, right? Um, he's a rental. I understand. It might work. might not work out. I understand. You got to win the World Series now. But that's the energy every single year. Like, Jay Bruce is at first base, and we're like, we're winning the World Series. Mike on Long Island, you're on the fan. Hey, Keith. Uh, first time, long time. Great show. Love listening to you throughout hey, the night. Appreciate it. Uh, ding, yeah. ding, ding. Hey, I appreciate uh, and respect your Yankee fandom, and I want to ask you one question, and I'm going to hang up so I can listen. Uh, what is your link? What is your Yankees lineup with everyone healthy and playing? Not just opening day, but I wanted to know when we have everyone back and batting, like Dominguez healthy again. Uh, what do you think the Yankees lineup is going to be? Uh, thanks again, Keith. I got it. I'll take it from here. So I was doing this the last couple of nights, and I was telling you guys. Um, oh, my phone is on live. I just went to people watching me on live. I just was like looking to grab my phone, but we're running the live. I was going through the different lineups that like MLB Network put out and, uh, you know, uh, the Yes Network put out and, and Game Day MLB put out. And I don't think anybody knows. I, I'll say this. The Yankees changed their lineup more than any team in baseball. It actually drives me up a wall because I think it's counterproductive. Like, how are these guys going to like get into a rhythm and come to work. And when we when we grew up watching the Yankees, you knew who was batting where and playing where in the field. I feel like it was pretty standard. But uh, let me take my guess, right? Leading off, I think they're going to go with experience. I think that they're going to go with a guy that has done it the most on the team and hope that he regains his form, especially since they saw some of that form at the end of the season last year. DJ LeMayu will lead off. And you already heard Cashman and those guys say he's starting at third base. Whether that's true or not, that's what they said. What they say and what they do are two different things. There's still three months left in this offseason. But DJ LeMayu at third base and leading off for the New York Yankees. They also said Aaron Judge is going to play center field. I don't love it with the toe injury. I don't love it with Judge and, and the way that he plays and how hard he runs and dives or whatever. But it is what it is. It is what it is. Dominguez is hurt. Bader is way gone. Uh, Juan Soto will be wearing his number 22 jersey. So batting second and playing center field. Number 99, Aaron Judge. I'm the king of New York, Mello. Juan Soto was rumored last year to want to bat third in the Padres lineup. He likes to bat third. What he likes, he's probably going to get over here, at least to start, at least to try. Because Judge likes to hit second. I know in theory you want the walk machine in Juan Soto in front of Judge batting second, but hey, whatever. Like I said, that's hell for any opposing pitcher. Yeah, you got to start the game off against a two-time batting champion in DJ LeMay, DJ LeMay, who won it in the NL and the AL. Then you got to do it against the 22 AL MVP that hits 62 home runs in a season. And then you got to face Juan Soto, who they compare to Ted Williams and, and Babe Ruth. Now, here is where it gets a little tricky. But this is where I would put... Uh, John Carlos Stanton. If John Carlos Stanton is actually John Carlos Stanton, you bat him cleanup. If he is bat, if he's back to being what he was or somewhat close, and let's say he can have a forty home run year and stay healthy, you put him in the cleanup spot. He's your DH. Now I saw some lineup configurations with Anthony Rizzo there, but 
I'm not going back-to-back lefties if Soto is batting third. I'm putting Stanton there as a DH righty, and then fifth, I'm putting Anthony Rizzo, first base, um, left-handed bat. He'll bat He'll bat sixth. Then you can play around, and I don't know, the second-best hitter on the team last year, or really the best hitter on the team once Judge went down, he's still here. He's not traded yet. At second base, batting sixth, right-handed bat coming after that left-handed bat, Glaber, Torres. Come on, Glaber. Big year for Glaber. Prove it year for Glaber. Then when you get low in that order, and Juan Soto, obviously I didn't say it, but Juan Soto will be playing right field. Then when you get lower in that order, batting seventh, that's where I expect to see the guy they call Doogie, Alex Verdugo from the Boston Red Sox, who has experience playing left field in Yankee Stadium with the Red Sox. You bat him seventh with another left-handed bat coming behind right-handed hitting Glaber Torres. Then I would put Jose Trevino catching in the A spot, or maybe they put, uh, I think it's Jose, Jose Trevino with the um, right-handed bat, but maybe they put Volpe there with the right-handed bat and then Austin Wells as the nine-hitter. Um, but for the most part, I think it's going to be Jose Trevino because I think Cole likes him. I think, obviously, he's a platinum glove catcher and all-star. I was talking to Trev, uh, Trevi last Saturday. He, he can't wait to get back. He grew up a Yankee fan today, tomorrow, forever. Uh, I think it'll be Trevino batting eighth and then Volpe batting ninth so we can get that turnover with the lineup, almost having two uh, leadoff hitters. And not for nothing, I expect Volpe to take a step forward this year, and that step forward could come in the first month or two of the season where he might be the leadoff hitter. But that's that's what I've got for my project, projected Yankees uh, opening day starting Lineup, 877-337-6666. Let's keep on rolling with the calls. Renee is in Hackensack. Hello, Renee. You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. How you doing? Good job, man. Thank Listen. you. Thank you. Hey, Keith. I, 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 I'm a, I'm a Mets and Jets. Uh, if I could talk about uh, the Jets and the Mets for a little bit. Um, I had a little issue with you talking about, like, David Cook saying, like, oh, he's ready to go or whatever. But at the end of the, at the, end of the day, Hackett never used the running game. Hackett always used kept the ball in Zach Wilson's hands. He never used well, the running game. He never used Derrick Cook. Can I interject? All you, the way he was supposed to, he, there was, he was that supposed offensive to use line is terrible. They, they couldn't run the ball, and you're right. He threw the ball way too much with Zach Wilson. That's not your strong suit. Uh, Dalvin Cook has only 59 carries on the season. He's tied for 58 in the league with running backs. He he hasn't had enough carries, but he's averaging three yards per carry. That's also why he hasn't had that many carries. That offensive line is yeah, not good. But, but, but Keith, you got to – listen, if we have a weak quarterback, you got to just keep running the ball. No. I know offensive line is terrible, but you just got to keep doing it. We just no, 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 no. You can't. You can't do that. Not in this NFL. You can't keep running the ball in this NFL and not getting anywhere. Three yards isn't going to get you anywhere. It's 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 first down. Uh, yeah, it's first and ten. It's it's second and seven. It's boxing for the running game. I get it. You know what I'm saying. But my whole thing is, I don't think he used uh, David Cook and, and Brees Hall the way he they did. tried. You know, they couldn't get it going. Brees Hall in the beginning of the year, yeah, he gashed the Bills and the Broncos. But then they criticized him two weeks ago, saying he's got to get the gritty yards. 
basically saying that if he hits the hole hard, um, he'll break more runs instead of trying to hit a home run. Why is he trying to hit a home run? Because they can't score. Because they can't get first downs. They can't move the ball with Tim Boyle and with Zach Wilson. The whole thing is a mess from top to bottom. Well, I get, I get, I don't know, man. I just, I just like, I like, yo, just run, run, just keep running. But no, listen, you can't. You're you gonna kill the clock. <laughs> you keep running yeah. the ball. The ball, you're gonna have no time. You're like, you're gonna I kill know, the I clock. Know. You're gonna get nowhere. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just a frustrated Jets fan. But you know, can we I say something about the Mexico real quick? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, listen. Like, so, I, you know, listen, I love my Mets. I love my, you know, the Jets fans. I mean, the Mets fans and everything. But at the end of the day, what do you, well, you know, you have prospects, right? And you you have prospects that you you want the prospects to do good in the minor leagues, okay? And then you bring them up, right? And you bring them up and, 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 and you, you know, some, some, some prospects get it right away, some don't. At the end of the day, the Mets ain't put, these prospects in the right places like, like the Jets. Like they didn't even they want these baby Mets to play, to play in the beginning of the season, right? Buck Showalter didn't believe in the baby Mets. He wanted his veterans out there. How much how much do we have to watch Daniel Vogel back? Bring up these guys. Bring up these young guys. And when they bring them up, when, when, when it was like like that, like when they bring up Eduardo Escobar, Luis Guillerme, uh Tomas Nito very briefly. they don't they don't bring them up to succeed. And then at the end of the day, every time you bring them down to the minor leagues, they doing great. It's like look at Nemo. Nemo, you know, Nemo did his thing. He he was doing great. He was, you know, I think back and forth for a little bit. I think it's on now, Uh, Renee. I think it's on now. I think David Stearns. They don't really have a choice now. And and Carlos Mendoza. First time manager, yeah. they don't have a choice now. Buck Showalter believed in the veterans and putting Omar Narvaez out there and and Eduardo Escobar out there and whatever. Now you've seen these kids and man, they waited way too long to bring up Ronnie Mauricio. I saw that kid hit Thank a bomb you. tonight. Like now Thank it's time. You. Now you you have to find out who these kids are and if they can play at this well, major league level. Like, I, like everybody wants to like everybody wants to get a superstar. Everybody wants to get it. Look at the Padres. How many how many superstars they had? They ain't do nothing. No, didn't but work out. Give these kids a, a chance, man. They 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 think in the in the minor leagues, which that's what you want. And then you bring them up. Give them a chance. You know, I know it's not it's not it's not as sexy as everybody wants, but sometimes you know, that's what we do. We trade them and they do good somewhere else. We always do that. The Mets always do that. Thanks for the call, Renee. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just remember when the season started, they said that Francisco Alvarez needed more time to develop behind the plate. And then at some point in the season, like, veterans like Verlander and Scherzer were singing the kids' praises. <laughs> what are you developing, two, three months? Like, I don't know. I think they just were saying that. And I think a lot of that was Buck Showalter, which they got him up out of there. But Buck Showalter being old school, he went to the veteran players and guys with experience, and he leaned on them more. Uh, Brett Beatty, you got to see if he can be your third baseman. Um, Alvarez proved himself this year. He's your catcher. He's your guy, and uh, you got to be happy about him. I don't believe in Mark Vientos at all. Uh, I believe in Santa Claus more than I believe in Mark Vientos. But, uh, hey, who knows? Maybe he has a bounce-back year this year. And I don't think they ever loved him either, but – you know, he's in that group. Ronnie Mauricio, that kid came up too late, but he just looks the part. Let me see if I can pull up that Ronnie Mauricio home run I, I was looking at before. I was like, bro, they'd be dumb as hell if they don't just, like, figure out where to play this kid. I get it that he was uh, supposed to be a shortstop and you have Francisco Lindor. I get it that 
He he did not really project well in left field in the minor leagues. So what? Make him the DH, figure it out. And like this next season for the Mets, like I don't think he's gonna cost you with a couple errors here and here. My internet's not working. I can't even pull it up. But you need to see what these young kids have, and then you're gonna start to fast track the rest of these young kids and prospects that you got last year. And the the future is now. I think it's an interesting dynamic here with the Mets and these veterans that they're signing that are around 29, 30, 31 years old for these short-term deals to see what they bring to the table. They can help these young kids mature, be pros, whatever. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic of youth and experience, and then they'll meet somewhere in the middle. And then you obviously have your core guys with Lindor, with Alonzo, with Nimmo, with Jeff McNeil. And uh, you'll get to see Joey Wendell. <laughs> I don't think you see Joey Wendell. I hate Joey Wendell from when he was in Tampa. Team no gloves. We'll see what he does. And we'll see what the pitching turns into. Mets fans, call me up. What's the next move after Yamamoto? What's life like after Yamamoto? Let's say you get him. What's life like after him? Let's say the Yankees get him. Let's say there's a mystery team that pops up and he wants to be a Dodger. right? Um, what's the next move after that? I think Jordan Montgomery is an interesting guy to get now I know he's not necessarily an ace he's a World Series champion he's a proven commodity he shoved against the Yankees with the St. Louis Cardinals and as we've spent this whole week going back and forth as Yankee fans and Mets fans sharing this town sharing this radio station sharing the newspapers this town ain't big enough for the both of us but it has to be I think there's an interesting villain that exists in Jordan Montgomery and him wanting to keep his beard and him wanting to stick it to the Yankees and him being a proven commodity right here in New York. 877-337-6666. I see somebody wants to talk Knicks. I see somebody wants to talk NFL. I see somebody wants to talk about A-Rod. Okay, we can do that. Keith McPherson on the fan. My last hour coming up. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.